Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! This is Rhett from the Cannon Fire Podcast, and I am so excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, the East Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are a Florida nonprofit organization sponsoring youth cheerleading for ages 5 to 15 and full contact football teams for ages 5 to 14. Right now, registration is open and teams are looking for athletes and cheer coaches. Register now, but hurry, teams are filling up fast. Climb aboard and join the crew. Fire the cannons and go Bucks. But this is a great group. I think we have the core here to win quickly. I'm not about building. I'm about reloading. And uh, with that, I can't say how, again, how excited I am to be a Tampa Bay Buck. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are back here today for episode 56. And what an episode we have for you today because things have developed for the Bucks over these past 24 hours more than it seems like they've developed this entire offseason. We're going to walk you through everything that happened. Uh, quite a lot of knowledge and quite a lot of news that's gone down, and we're going to drop that on you right now. But thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, some very big news coming from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sure you guys all listening have heard by now, but if you have not heard, the Buccaneers released defensive tackle nine-year veteran Gerald McCoy. Now, this is a move that didn't sit very well with a lot of fans. This is a move that a lot of fans were really excited about. And then the Bucks did something else less than 24 hours later that blew people's minds. But before we jump into that, Evan, I just want to ask you, how are you today, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited. I'm a little more excited than a lot of other people are right now. Um, as I said before, what the Bucks have done over the course of the last day or so has really just turned things on their head. They released Gerald McCoy, and they signed... Somewhat of an NFL journeyman by now, but defensive tackle and Damakasu. This is a guy widely regarded as one of the dirtiest players in the game, and I mean that in the best way possible because, I mean, he plays for us now, so I don't want to sit here and trash him, but he, he has a reputation for being a bit of a nasty guy. And if you can hear some hammering in the background, by the way, uh, I have some work being done to my roof, so I apologize for any, any feedback you might get from that here on the show. Um, but yeah, the Bucks found their replacement pretty much immediately in signing Indomikasu. It's a one-year deal. Not too sure of the amount right now, but to anyone wanting attitude on that defensive line, uh, you've basically got it, right? I mean, yeah. If, if you wanted a, an, an adjustment there, uh, it definitely starts starts with him. And uh, many fans, their biggest problem with Joe McCoy over his time in Tampa was Oh, he's too soft. He's too nice. He's he's this. I didn't really care about that. That wasn't really that big of a deal to me. It was more about what you did on the field than what you did after the game. You know, uh, helping a player up. I'm fine with that. 
Um, everybody has their style. And Nadamkin Sue's style is sort of like Warren Sapp almost. Um, obviously, Nadamkin Sue is not the player that Warren Sapp is. And, I mean, Phil McCoy and Nadamkin Sue were drafted in the same draft class. Sue went number two, McCoy went number three. Yeah, what a storyline there. Yeah, and the thing was, though, that, I mean, neither guy, let's, let's face it, neither guy is what they used to be. Um, Sue is 32 years old and Joe McCoy is 31 years old. So, I mean, neither guy is what they used to be, you know, let's say five years ago. But um, they're still two productive players. Uh, you know, seeing Joe McCoy go, it's it's going to be tough for a lot of fans just because you're so used to having somebody there um, that you're not really used to life without them. I mean, for the past nine years, right, some people some people grew up, like literally grew up, like as a Bucks fan, like from 10 years old to being 19 or whatever, um, or whatever, the past nine years. So, so nine years is a long time um, to, to know one player and to get to know him and to get to, to cheer him on. And um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a move that wasn't surprising. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I guess the, the timing of it was a little weird. It just sort of came out of the blue. Um, and then you quickly heard that a little bit before then, you heard some rumblings from some people and some sources that uh, Dominican Sue could be on the Bucks' radar. And then two hours later, they go and release Cheryl McCoy, and then you're looking at, well, okay, they're going to sign Sue now. And I had, just, I had said, after McCoy was released, I said I wouldn't be surprised if Sue was signed within the next 48 hours yeah. here, probably 20 hours later. And uh, Ndamukong Sue is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So. Yeah. And looking at Indomica Sue, most recently played for the L.A. Rams, played in the Super Bowl 53 just last year against the Patriots, didn't win that game. But um, looking financially at what the Bucks did, because a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, why would you cut Gerald McCoy just to get Indomica Sue? Because arguably Gerald McCoy is the better of those two players. But not only do you look at the production from Gerald McCoy and, and just the price tag that he had, which was the most important thing, because this is such a team strapped in cap space. I mean, they had, what, a million dollars going into this. Mm-hmm. You release Gerald McCoy, you free up $13 million in cap space, take on $0 in dead money. And as I said at the beginning of the show, we don't entirely know the contract information. I know it's a one-year deal. Uh, guesses are pretty much anywhere between $7 million to $10 million. But, Evan, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Gerald McCoy for $13 million or would you rather have Indomitian Sue for seven, eight million dollars? I would rather have Indomitian Sue just because um, I do think that they are very similar players. I do think that Gerald McCoy is the better player, um, but I think that 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 price gap difference is just basically what does it for me. Right. And let me just say this: a lot of Bucks fans are going to be upset when Gerald McCoy signs because. He's not going to sign for $13. It's going to be less. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be in, in the, the 7 to 10 range. Like it, It's going to be. And a lot of people are going to say, well, why couldn't you just do that? Listen, when you're making $13 million, if you're at a job and you're making a certain amount of money, why would you want to take a pay cut to stay there when it doesn't really feel like you've been appreciated enough Rather than if you go out and look for a new job, let's say you're, you're looking for anything. First offer that you get, if it's decent, you're going to take it. It might not be what you've been making before, but you're going to take it. Jeremy Quay wants to play football next year. Yeah. So 
he's going to take less than $13 million, or else he's not going to be playing football. Exactly. That's what it is. And uh, a lot of Bucks fans are going to be surprised when they see Jerome McCoy signs a one-year deal for $9 million or whatever with so-and-so. And they're going to be like, oh, we're paying Sue, let's say, let's say the Bucks end up paying Sue $10 million. We're paying him 10 and Jerome McCoy's making 9 So, look, it's two different situations right there. Okay, Jerome McCoy's going to play football. He, he's not go, But he's not going to play football for $13 million. And that's ultimately why nobody traded for him. And that is why he's not a Buccaneer anymore, because he, his price tag was $13 million. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing about the Gerald McCoy situation. Again, going back to it, is just the uh, the cap space situation of it, the amount of money that he was going to end up costing the organization. Now, looking at Gerald McCoy, for me, man, this situation is like right now, I don't think it's fully going to hit me until I see him in another team's uniform. Because when I first heard the news, I was like, all right, this is something we've talked about for weeks here on the show. Uh, we we kind of knew it was coming in a sense. But now that it's happened, and especially that he was released and not traded, it's one of those things that I don't think it's going to hit me until I do end up seeing him in another uniform. But before we move on... That's going to be like that for, for a lot of guys. Adam Humphreys, yeah. uh, Deshaun Jackson, Quan Alexander. It's, it's going to be like that for, for most of these guys because you're not really, you know, even though the guy Deshaun Jackson, he's only here two seasons, you're kind of used to him now in red, you know, I know he's been in Philly, so it's not going to be that much of a difference. But a guy like Adam Humphreys, yeah, it's like it's going to look weird. Yeah, uh, blue and white, gross. Um, <laughs> I, McCoy could be wearing blue and red, right? Patriots. I, oh, I don't want to talk about that. But before we move on from Gerald McCoy, one thing we do need to cover is uh, we can't ignore what this guy has done here in Tampa Bay. Whether you're on the side that believes he was one of the Buccaneer greats, or you're on the side that believes he was just a step above mediocre. The fact is, Gerald McCoy's impact goes farther than stats for what he did during his time here in Tampa. The organizations and the charities around the Bay that he helped out with, the presence that he had around one buck place, especially early in his career, you look at everything. I mean, if you go back, man, you'll find videos. He was always the first guy there, and at one point, he gave 110% to this franchise. And at the end of the day, nobody can deny, whether you like him or not, that he gave his all to this franchise. And I think towards the end of his tenor here, it should have been handled a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks dropped the ball in a lot of ways. And not only making him marketable to other teams, but just respecting who he is and what he did in general. I will what? say towards the end of his tenor here, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. Um, but you can't ignore anything that he did. And, and one last thing from this, we talked about the respect thing from the Buccaneers organization. I, I have a question for you. Do you think Indomitka Sue is going to wear number 93? Because right now, I mean, it's up in the air for me. Uh, I can't imagine that he does, but like, there's a small part of me that thinks that he will because you put Shaq Barrett in 58 that quickly. Obviously Quan Alexander wasn't, Gerald McCoy, but if you've got a number up for grabs, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a number, but I mean, I, ah, I don't know. If I if I had to choose, I'd probably say yeah, um, just because I think Gerald McCoy is going to end up going in the ring of honor someday, but his number is not going to be retired. Right. Uh, 
a lot of people speculated that, oh, Devin White can't wear 40 because he's retired. No, I believe there's only three numbers in Tampa Bay that are retired, and it's 55, 99, and 63. Um, Is I anybody believe... wearing 20 right now? No, but they're not doing that because Rondé's going into the ring of honor. So. I got you. Then that might be a reason. That might be a reason that the Bucks say, I just think it's a bit too early for that right now. Maybe, maybe if let's say Joe McCoy plays three more seasons and retires, and then in six seasons or something somebody comes around the Bucks and wants to wear ninety three, they might say no, like because we're we're planning to do this, and you wearing ninety three would be a bad look. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. And that, do. my that, biggest, thing, my biggest. Hold on, it's just, I just want to get this out before no, I forget. My biggest thing with the whole Joe McCoy situation. Yes, the organization treated bad towards the end. However, not even the organization. This falls on Mark Dominic. This falls on Jason Light. Falls on the players. They didn't get enough help around Gerald McCoy, and it's a big shame because he's, he was an elite talent a few a few years ago, and you had a chance to really get something special next to him. And uh, those the tw- twenty thirteen to twenty sixteen. Was his, were his best years, and you wasted them. Yeah, um, you you absolutely wasted them. You you had guys like uh, Daniel Tio and Nassim or whatever, um, Akeem Spence. Uh, you you had a bunch of stopgap guys and Michael you, Bennett. You, well, you traded away Michael Bennett. Like he was the only good one you had, and you traded him away. And you had Adrian Claiborne and Daquan Bowers. But then you drafted Will Golston. Okay. You drafted Noah Spence. Okay, neither one of those really worked out that much. And you signed Chris Baker. That didn't work out. Um, and then you finally were put in an effort to the defensive line in the 2018 offseason. And by then, it was too late because uh, Gerald McCoy just wasn't the, the force that he was uh, in, in, you know, in 2014 or whatever. Uh, you know, imagine if, um, if you had like a 2013 version of Gerald McCoy with, this, with last year's defensive line group. I think him and Jason Pierre-Paul would, I mean, Gerald McCoy would probably get doubled his attack. Uh, that year, 2013 year, I believe, is when he got nine and a half. So um, I just think, yeah, shame on the organization, shame on the, on the management who have ever in charge, Jason Light, Mark Dominic, for not getting this guy the help he needed. Um, that's why a lot of people were happy to see Jason Light go out and get weapons for James Winston. Two-way weapons are gone now, yeah. Um, but you're still set with Cameron Brady, O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So um, it's it's a real shame that a great player like that didn't have enough help. But the reality is just, you know, the, the biggest thing that everybody is like, you want to get all sentimental, you know, don't don't uh, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, like you said, Joe McCoy, what he meant to the Tampa Bay community was was something special and, some of that won't won't be able to to be to be duplicated. Like um, people do it. Like Mike Evans does a lot of charity work. James Winston does a lot of charity work. Uh, nobody's done more than Joe McCoy, and um, it's definitely definitely appreciated by by everybody. Yeah, definitely. So uh, from all of us here at the Cannon Fire Podcast, basically me and Evan, thank you, Gerald McCoy. It truly is. A new era for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we look at how they're building this team now 
of course, you still have Levante David. You have your longer-tenured guys like DeMar Dotson. But Gerald McCoy is a big, big piece of what there's, they wanted that Bucks team to be when they drafted him in 2010, and I, I think they've moved on from that officially. There's three, three players that are on this roster now that were on the roster in 2013. Can you guess them? Levante David. Okay. DeMar Dotson. Okay. Give me a hint. Defense. Can't get it? I'm actually at a loss here, yeah. Will Golson. What? 2013? Yeah, he was uh he was Mark Dominic Lackdraft. Wow. I didn't he think drafted. Will Golston had lasted that long. He was drafted uh from Michigan State in the third round. Nice. Well, with Gerald McCoy leaving, that's another guy who's going to have to step up. Yep. Let's look at what this Bucks team has also done today. Some more news out of one Buck place. A busy day. Have that. Uh, Bucks also signed former. I'm throwing my phone all over the place. The uh, the Bucks have also signed former Jets tight end Jordan Leggett off of waivers. Uh, don't know a whole lot about that guy. Do you have anybody you could compare him to, or something to uh, something to line him up with? Not really to compare him. Uh, he had 15 touchdowns two seasons at Clemson. Was a fifth-round pick by the Jets. Only 24 years old. Uh, just hasn't really panned out there. And a lot of people have been telling me, oh, does this mean they're, they're trading Cameron Braid and stuff like that? And, uh, Jordan Leggett ain't going to be the move that gets rid of Cameron Braid. Um, so it's purposely it's a death move. Um, all Claire versus Leggett is pretty much going to be a camp battle now for like that third-slash-fourth tight end spot. If they decide to carry four, um, then probably those are the four they roll with. But yeah, a project guy, like I said, guy. I believe this is he is entering his third season, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, just, just some more, just some more depth for him. Now, uh, taking a look at the Bucks here, you had brought up Cameron Brate. Uh, I've heard some rumblings about him that I kind of wanted to address here, and. I, I don't know how serious it is, but Cameron Brait had that offseason surgery uh, a little earlier this year, and as of right now, he's still kind of a question mark for training camp once we get started. Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, yeah, but he should be fine. He did, it, he expected to be okay. You know how that normally goes. <laughs> okay, so um, either way, our tight ends should be fine. Uh, Cam Brate shouldn't be a worry there, but just kind of keep your ears open about that. Some more news. This is something we talked about last time on the show as well. Basically, the title story for you involved Buccaneers cornerback Vernon Hargraves. He returned to practice today and addressed the media on why he hadn't practiced. Uh, our friends at Pewter Report have the story over there. And when it comes to Bruce Arians' comments about it, Hargraves kind of dismissed them, uh, and he just said they were tough love. He said that... Arians didn't tell him to set out of practice. Uh, it wasn't really about anything. At the end of the day, he said, tough love. Uh, the quote was, just two weeks ago, he was telling me how great I was going to be, right? So the good comes with the bad. Like I said, it's nothing. He came and talked to me. We talked several times before that. We're all good. There was no issue. He really just wanted people to know that nothing happened, yeah. which at the end of the day is exactly what we said. So, um, Actually, like a lingering injury, actually. Yeah, it wasn't. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wasn't like a like a mental mentality thing like like actually Bruce Arians led us to believe but I don't know why Bruce Arians would would use that 
uh, that kind of those kind of words to describe it. But um, yeah, it's all fine, all good. He's he's here, he's practicing, so not not much to, to say there. Um, yeah, I mean nothing really else has changed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for Vernon Hargrave sitting out, of course, to have any guy sitting out is not going to be a good thing. But I would say the benefit to having Vernon Hargraves not practice for that first week uh, is for a lot of people, it said, just to kind of light a fire under his ass. For him to see a lot of these rookie guys going out there and play his position and not necessarily play his position better, but just motivate him to kind of know that he's working against some competition. He has yeah. some competition this year, something he really hasn't had at that press corner position these past few years. So hopefully it's something that can get through to him and we'll see a different side of him because I, I think if anyone needs to have a bounce pack year, it's VH3. He was supposed to be my uh he was supposed to be like my sleeper pick last year. And yeah. then he ended up getting injured. So I, I thought he was gonna have the bounce back year. But you you can't pick him this year again. Be, be, I don't think so. Can't pick duplicates, so we gotta we got to think uh, think about the upcoming season and who who we're thinking. So. Yeah, and that that's something we do closer to the season predictions show. Think, I mean, speaking of that, when should we really get on it, huh? We're almost like maybe July. Normally we do it like late July, early August. So that's what I'm thinking. So we've got some time. And then, of course, another thing you think about it's going to be here before we know it. The next official Cannon Fire Podcast Fantasy Draft, where we. Oh, yeah. Get up in our league with uh, eight other fans, whoever's in there, really, and yeah, you and I go head-to-head. and Open to, to everybody. Uh, I will be posting something when the time comes on Bucks Wave. I uh, I run the league. Um, first come, first serve. I don't reserve any spots besides me and Rhett. Um, just, a, just a fun game. There's no money involved. So, yeah, that, that'll be coming, like, late August, mid-late August, so always a fun time and uh last year my team wasn't that great but i believe it was better than your team so i'm okay i don't even want to talk about my team from last year i think well, i went like you drafted Le'Veon bell so i drafted Le'Veon bell with my first <laughs> overall pick and, and now, the rest I, is history i had faith that Le'Veon bell was going to come back and i made you an offer and you, you made me, me an offer that i shouldn't have refused and i wasn't julio tied to it if i remember correctly no it was like it was like a bunch of my bench players, but but it was some it, solid it, talent to replace what I didn't it was have. Like, yeah, it was like week five, and Le'Veon still didn't play yet. And I, I, it was like two bench players and like my flex player or something I'd offered, and he, and he said no. I was like, okay, <laughs> good thing, good thing you said no. Yeah, really. But fantasy season is coming up right around the corner, so if you guys want to jump in on that, it will be a lot of fun. The CFP yeah. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Draft OJ Howard and Chris Godwin. Draft OJ Howard and Chris Godwin. So, uh, because a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Chris Godwin. Like OJ Howard, I think OJ is going to get the attention of a lot of people, especially because like the tight end with Bronkowski being gone now, it's going to be rather weak. So, like I feel like OJ, like after like round four or so, like he'll be gone. But Chris Godwin will be there like round six, round seven. Yeah, you should pick him. Yeah, and Chris Godwin's that guy. He's not going to be a superstar number one overall pick, but he'll definitely be a guy that gets a ton of points through receptions because he he knows how to come up in the right place at the right time. So we normally use the NFL app for that. So if you guys want to get in on that, make sure you stay tuned. We'll we'll be posting about it on our social media. You can follow Evan over at Bucks Wave on Instagram and Twitter. 
You can also find us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast for basically everything. Stay tuned. That'll be a lot of fun. Game Game must plug there. (laughs) You got to let people know about it, right? I mean, you got to get the word out there. Nothing wrong with that. So, moving on here. Some more coming out of Bucks practice. The latest. Uh... A name that a lot of people have been saying and, and talking about, a guy who's been impressing on the field, and we've heard Bruce Arians talk about it along with pretty much everyone else, something that some people may be surprised about, but Ronald Jones is is really looking good so far, as far as we understand, right? First week of OTAs in the book, and he's probably the most talked-about player on the field right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to gauge uh, a running back any running back, whether they're doing good or bad, when they're in shorts and the offensive lineman can't block. Um, but I mean, it's good that that he's he's impressing them because I mean, if he wasn't, Bruce Arians wouldn't say that he was. Um, he would just say, you know, hey, you need, you need a little bit more out of him. Maybe need more consistency. But he said that he's been good, and uh, a lot of the staff has said that he's been good. So. Um, you know, guys like him, and it's uh, Bruce Arians has been impressed so far, and uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens because you have. I mean, Ronald Jones has a roster spot. I, I would assume. I, I don't. I don't see any running back. So it's Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones is locked for the roster, and then you have guys like Andre Ellington, who I'd assume is probably a lock, like a receiving type back. Um, Andre Ellington. Uh, Sean Wilson, Sean Wilson's still here, but this problem with Sean Wilson is now they signed Bruce Anderson as an undrafted free agent. Sean Wilson was sort of a cutter guy. Bruce Anderson is a Bruce Arians guy, and I feel like they prefer Bruce Anderson. So I think Anderson would end up winning that job, but I don't see like I, I don't I don't see Ron Jones getting cut. So I mean he's not in any danger of that, but they still, like, in an ideal world, like, they have a two-headed monster running back, Peyton Barber and Ron Jones. And you guys got to remember, Peyton Barber is an unrestricted free agent after the season. So if he does good, and even if the Bucks are offering a fair deal, all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team to overpay by two, three million dollars, and Peyton Barber's gone. So that would mean that the Bucks are better be hoping that either Ronald Jones can step up or they have the, the resources to go out and get another running back because it's a, it's a real possibility. Um, I'm not saying it's likely right now because it's way too early, but they could lose Peyton Barber. So big year for Ronald Jones coming up. Yeah, and you had brought up the Ronald Jones situation as well. It is hard to gauge a running back when he's in OTAs, he's in shorts, nobody's really going after each other. But if he's doing enough to impress in OTAs and he can do the same thing throughout training camp, you know, for a lot of people, I think that can almost assure him those extra reps that he didn't really get last year. Because mm-hmm. the biggest complaint that we had about him was, well, you know, the, what, 20 snaps that he had all of the last season? who <laughs> really didn't get to see too much of him. So yeah. if he can keep impressing and uh, just kind of getting his name out there, absolutely, I think it'll assure him more reps and, and we get to see what he do comes the preseason. And I, and I think in the preseason, you might even see a game where the starters are out there and the only starter that's not out there is Peyton Barber. Like, I think that Bruce Arians really wants to get a good look at Ronald Jones 
um, in the preseason. So, like, you're, you'll see the first team go out there, and it'll be Winston, Evans, Godwin, offensive line, and, and Ronald Jones is the running back. And he'll get, you know, 10 carries every game or whatever, just try to get try to get his feet wet. Maybe even play in that fourth preseason game. Who knows? But, I mean, he'll definitely, I'm not saying he's going to be productive, but he's definitely going to get more chances than he did last year. Absolutely. And for a guy like Peyton Barber, uh, a lot of people might be thinking, you know, Peyton Barber is good, but is he good enough to go and garnered being overpaid by another team? Something we have to look at is Peyton Barber has established himself as a running back who he's the type of guy he's going to get you four or five yards every time. I, I think that's I think it's more valuable to a lot of teams than people think when looking for a running back in the NFL. I mean, this is literally the same situation as Adam Humphreys last year. Adam Humphreys signed his RFA tender for one year at like two point five million dollars or whatever. And you would have at last this time last year, you would expect, okay, yeah, Adam Humphreys will get a slight raise. He'll get four and a half, five million dollars back next year. No, now he's making nine million dollars. So, yeah, this is this is big. Like, there's a real possibility that Peyton Barber could could sign elsewhere. And the Bucks had actually tried to sign Peyton Barber to a two-year deal, but Peyton Barber declined and said that he'll just sign his tender. So he's betting on himself um, to possibly hit the open market next season. Yeah, and he's going to be playing like a hungry man, so that's going to be good to see because we all know that he has the potential to take that next step and and be a really great running back. So I'm rooting for him, but I'm also rooting for the Bucks front office to keep him under wraps and make sure he stays here next year because, like you said, no matter what happens with Ronald Jones, it'd still be nice to have both of those guys back there. So today we did have a big splash news story for you involving Gerald McCoy and Indomitus Sue. But other than that, we really don't have a lot of Bucks news going on, so today is going to be a little bit of a shorter show. Yeah. But before we go, I've got some shout-outs I want to do really quick. First and foremost, shout-out to our buddy Johnny B over at 102.5 The Bone. If you guys don't know who that is, Johnny B does the night show over there, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. every Monday through Friday. Uh, Johnny B is a really big fan of our show. And he's a good buddy of mine at work. And, and I found this out. It was a really funny story, actually. Um, I went to the Joe Bucks fan draft party during the draft. And I'm hanging out, you know, eating chicken wings, doing whatever. And I see Johnny B walk around. This is a guy that I see at work all the time. We've had a few conversations. We're Facebook friends. So I walk up to him, and I'm like, hey, Johnny, how's it going? And he looks at me, and he says, have we met? And I said, oh, man. Like, yeah. Like I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the promo guys for for the bone, but we work together. And he's like, oh, he he felt terrible about it. He really did. Um, but he's he's a really big fan of the show, and he has had plenty of great things to say about our show on the air, which has helped us out. So if you guys are listening from Johnny B Show and 102.5 The Bone, thank you so much, and uh, thank you to Johnny for all the good things he had said about us. One more bit of news before we get out of here. Um, and this is something kind of exciting. If you are a fan of 102.5 The Bone, there are some developments in place this Friday night, May 24th, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. I will be filling in for my buddy Will Kuntz on his show, Stay Woke, and I will be co-hosting that show with Anna Hummel. Uh, so it's going to be a really, really good time. Make sure you guys tune in and listen. Uh, thank thank you, man. It's it's <laughs> it's my first opportunity to do something like this, so I'm really, really excited about it. And uh Hoping I can knock it out of the park, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you guys tune in. If you are down here in the Tampa Bay area and you are familiar with the bone, that is perfect. If you're not, 102.5 on your radio dial. 
And if you are out of state or out of town and you can't listen to 102.5 The Bone, that's perfect because they have an app you can download. Just search 102.5 The Bone on any app store, download it, and you can listen live. So don't forget, this Friday night, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. A bit of an obscure time slot, but hey, man, you got to get in there when you can. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, or Podbean.com. You can follow the show on social. Excuse me. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast, Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod, and of course Cannon Fire Podcast on Facebook. You can follow my co-host Evan at Bucksway, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you check out our partners at PewterReport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. And last but not least, check out our sponsors over at the East Bay Buccaneers. Registration is open right now. They are looking for athletes and cheer coaches, so make sure you sign up, eastbaybucks.org. Full contact football and cheerleading for ages 5 to 15. It's a great time if you're looking for some Little League football. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and until next time, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.